0: Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at oursaviorschurch.com. I'm excited to to preach this uh, Easter Sunday message uh, today and Today's a unique day because uh, our Jewish brothers uh, in the Jewish—they're celebrating Passover this weekend while we're celebrating Easter, which doesn't always happen. Uh, three hundred uh, in, in three hundred years after the beginning of the church, Passover. Uh, for Jews, and, and Easter Resurrection Day for Christians was celebrated together for the first 300 years, and then it was separated. And this is one of those uh, unique weekends where it's all on the same weekend. I think that's significant. Uh, I, I believe that. And I, I want to take you to the Bible to show you kind of why. Uh, say this with me. The Old Testament... Is the New Testament concealed? The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you got you to connect the dots between our history. And I, I've been working real hard preaching uh, since the beginning of the year called This Is Our Story to try to show you where our identity is in our history. It's not decided in your future. You don't get to decide who you are what you are. You discover who you are and what you are by looking at our history. And And I shared things like this with you. Adam and Eve were the first mama and daddy on the planet. And if we could follow our ancestry all the way back, if it was possible, all of us would follow our ancestry back down to the same two people, Adam and Eve. I could show you, Heidi and I just got back from the ark we found the ark. Noah's ark. We found it. It's in Florence, Kentucky. They built a replica, exact size and everything. And I strongly suggest you go. And then on, on one of the displays, they had Noah's sons. The earth was destroyed by water. Noah and his family were the only ones who survived because of their righteousness. They loved God. And he had three boys, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. And it showed the three boys and it showed the lines to the continents of how all of us could trace our ancestry back between those three brothers. So between Shem, Ham and Japheth, Adam and Eve, you know what that means? We cousins. Turn to your left and your right right now. That's your cousin. Go ahead and fist bump them and say, What up, cuz? And they go, What's your name? (laughs) That is your cousin watch this. Let me take you back to the Old Testament first. I want to lay out Old Testament is a New Testament concealed. Let me take you back because I was preaching to you last week and I left you on a cliffhanger. Moses has gone to Pharaoh in Egypt to get Israel out of 400 years of slavery to deliver them across the wilderness to the promised land. Egypt always represents sin. That's what sin does to us. It enslaves us. It stays longer than you want it to stay, and it costs you more than you want to pay. Can I get a witness from anybody in here? It it, it always does. And so Moses is coming as the deliverer. He goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. He won't. There's nine plagues that I listed last week. There's actually 10, but there's nine. I'm going to give you the 10th today. He gives the nine. Remember, he started he turns water into blood. Frogs, gnats, flies. How many of you know that sounds a little like South Louisiana? Yeah, if, if there were Cajuns back there, they'd say, put on a pot of rice. Let's eat some frogs. And then it goes on killing livestock, hail, all kinds of things. And it gets out. Pharaoh refuses. He will not let Israel go. And then finally, the last plague. It was, it was the death angel. Moses tells Pharaoh, an angel is going to come through in the night. And the firstborn of every household is going to die. Any firstborns in the room of the household? I'm raising my hand. Yeah, the death angels, every firstborn will be visited except. Everybody say except. Say except. There is an exception. And I want to pick up the story to go, how do you keep that death angel from coming to your household? No, I'm I'm asking you, how do you keep that death angel from coming to your household? Watch what happens, Exodus 12, 1 through 3. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you, a new beginning, It's not January 1. No, no. This will be a new beginning right now. A brand new beginning. Let me go to the New Testament. All those who are in Christ are a brand new creation. Old things have passed away and all things become new. New beginnings. And he says, I want you to announce to the whole community of Israel that on the, say the yellow with me. Now let's do it again. Announce the whole community of Israel that on the Tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for sacrifice. One animal for each household. It goes on to say in verse six, take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Now, Pastor you, why did you highlight the 10th and the 14th? Take a lamb from your flock, a young lamb, take it, take special care of it. 10 to 14 would be how many days? You guys are so smart. Four days. I want you to take this lamb, from, take special care of it. I'm, I'm just imagining what would happen. I, Heidi and I live out in the country. And uh, when you go to my house, the last turn you make, there is a house on the corner that's got Sheep. And every year there's a ram and there's the ew, ewes. I'm so country. Uh, the ewes and ew, ewes, right? Uh, baby, do you want to teach it? No, no, there's the ewes and they have a baby. They have babies. And they are the cutest. Every time we drive, oh, look at that. Look. They are the cutest things. And the Lord is going to say, I want you to take it out from your flock on the 10th day. And I want you to take special care of it until the 14th day. And I want you to sacrifice it. And you go, what happens between 10 and 14? Why? Why would God say, keep it? Let me, let me tell you why I believe. Because I think God wanted, I think this is what they did with that little baby. Because it was supposed to be without spot or blemish. They took that little baby and they brought it into their house. This little cute lamb. <laughs> they wagged their tails like little dogs. And you go, oh, can you imagine if you had kids and you brought in a little cute lamb for four days? Could you imagine they were like, oh, I want, I want little Lily lamb. They, they would name it. Let's call her Lily. Lily the lamb. And, and they would probably fight over who's Lily going to who's Lily gonna sleep with. And then it would go for four days. And then daddy would have to come into the room and say, it's time for Lily. What are you going to do, daddy? It's time to sacrifice the lamb could you imagine that household with your kids no daddy don't kill the lamb why because they love the lamb it doesn't it doesn't take long to be with the lamb to love the lamb you 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 fall in love with the lamb now he wants to god wanted us to feel the emotion He wanted us to fall in love with the lamb. If you fall in love with the lamb, then to know and to feel when all of a sudden the lamb had to be taken from you. Are y'all tracking with me? Just remember this. I'm gonna gonna get to the New Testament in a moment. Watch what would happen. Then Moses called the elders of Israel together and said to them, go pick out a lamb or goat for each of your families. Slaughter the Passover animal drain the blood into the basin take a bundle of hyssop branches, dip it into the blood, brush the hyssop across the top of the door and the sides of the door frame of your houses and no one may go out through the door until morning for the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians but he who oh, say it with me, he who what sees the blood on the top of the sides of the door frame the Lord will He's going to pass over your home, and he will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. By the way, there were Egyptians who also put their faith in the God of Israel and put the blood over the doorpost of their households, and the death angel passed over them as well. Look at me. There is power in the blood. Now, Let me fast forward to the New Testament. The lamb, love the lamb, love the lamb. Lamb, take the blood of the lamb. Put it over the doorpost, so when death comes, it will pass over you. Now, I want to fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is going to walk on the scene. He hasn't done one miracle. He has not gone public yet. He's still in the closet, hasn't gone public. Well, he has done one miracle. He's He's only done one miracle, and that was at a wedding. And that was because his mom, asked him to. Jesus was a good boy. They, 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 they ran out of wine at a wedding. And the host said, oh, we're out of wine. I don't know what we're going to do. And, and it was embarrassing to the host. So Mary comes to Jesus and says, can you, can you do something, Jesus? And he said, woman, it's not my time. No, I know, but it, it's embarrassing. And, and he says, okay, bring some water. And they brought ju- vats of water. And he, I don't know if he... Touched it, I don't know what he did, but the water turned into wine. And then the people that were drinking, it was it was custom of the day that you would bring out the good stuff first. And as people were drinking the good stuff, the expensive, as they got a little bit bu- buzzed, ow, quit acting like y'all ain't never been buzzed before. <laughs> acting all holy on Easter. How many of you have ever been buzzed before? Eli Fry, you're in church right now. There's a lot more of y'all in here than the last service. This is a rough. So what, you know, so they would give the good stuff first, like 1965 Merlot from Southern California. That was, the expensive stuff was first. And then they put in the cheap stuff at the end. Tickle pink. Uh, Too many people know what that is. Strawberry hill. Oh yeah. Mad dog 2020. Uh, some, somebody just said, That's cheap? <laughs> yes, it is. All right? So that's the first miracle that he ever did. And now, now he's going to come. He's going to be walking down Jordan. And there's John the Baptist, is in the Jordan River, and he's baptizing people to repentance. Everybody say repentance. Oh, that's a lost, lost art. To repent for your sin, to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me, not only to God, but to one another. It's real quiet in here. That shouldn't be quiet. That shouldn't be. we 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 lost the Lord. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And he's baptizing people who are turning their hearts back towards God. And he sees Jesus. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Back to the Old Testament. Take the Lamb, the Lamb that you love. Put the blood over the doorpost so when the death angel comes, it passes over. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Good Friday, we've celebrated. It was was good for us, but it wasn't good for him. The death of our Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God, who shed his blood to cover us so that death would. What does that mean? That means that if you're a believer in the room, you know you're going to die, right? It's guaranteed. Nobody gets out alive. I'll be doing your funeral. Or Pastor Myron. You may prefer Pastor Myron. That's fine with me. But I want you to know I'm going to die too. I don't know the day or the hour. No man does. It could be today. And if it is today, I want you to know, I want all of you to come to my funeral. You're invited. You're welcome. Come to my funeral because we're having mama's fried chicken wings and potato salad and baked beans afterwards and I want you to enjoy it because I won't be here because my last breath on earth will be my first breath in heaven I'll be good y'all celebrate it don't worry about Heidi she's going to be a rich woman she'll be coming to church next week you're going to go, girl, is that a new outfit? oh yeah, it is she goes, you like these shoes? thank you baby, thank you Come on, let's give God praise for the blood. Watch this. Watch Luke. Watch Luke. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the, when the Passover lamb was sacrificed. Here's Jesus and his disciples. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Jesus is practicing the Passover that Moses instituted in the Old Testament where the death angel passed over Israel. So they walked out and got out of slavery. Watch what happens in verse 14. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now, that i won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of god and he's going to take some bread and say this is my broken body which was broken for you and this is the blood the wine that represents the blood of the new covenant for forgiveness and remission of sin and he's going to have he's giving them a type and shadow showing them that he is the passover lamb without spot sin our wrinkle, our blemish that is going to be sacrificed for your sins and my sins. We ought to give God all the praise and glory. Thank you, Jesus. But that ain't all. He didn't just die on the cross, did he? No, no, no. It was on the third day. He's actually the linchpin of Christianity. it's, It's the drop the mic moment. It's the booyah. Of Jesus that he 's not going to remain in a tomb he 's actually going to raise from the dead he 's going to live again it 's not something that he did he is alive and by the way, the first three hundred years of the church they didn 't have a Bible they, they didn 't have what we have the bible they didn't they didn 't have it you go, how can you explain what took place in biblical Days. Now I want to talk to you about movements. Everybody say movements. Yeah, movements have happened throughout history where someone, somebody would would see something in culture and say we got to start a movement to stop that. You you can think of there's some been some really great leaders on our earth. Gandhi, uh, others who saw injustices probably in most of our lifetimes that we can remember or it's not too distant past is probably Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King. And here's the, here's the truth about all movements. They, they have, historians have studied it. There's usually a charismatic leader and, and, and they have a seemingly new message that they're going to bring that appeals to something that is going on in culture. And Dr. King probably embodied that. What an incredible orator had the ability to speak and rally people and gather people around a cause. Probably his most famous speech. I wish I could do it like him. I have a dream. And do you remember some of the lines in that speech? He would say, I have a dream that one day there'll be a little black child hand in hand with the little white child. Y'all remember that? He would say things like this One day, I have a dream that a man will be judged by the content of his character and not the color of his skin. I have a dream. Do you remember that? 1968, Lorraine Motel. Heidi and I've been, we've stood there twice. He's assassinated. But the dream didn't die with him. There were people who picked up the principles, the precepts, and said, we have to carry this on. And we're still seeing the effects of someone and that movement, the civil rights movement from the 60s. We're still seeing impact and effects, still tearing down things that need to be torn down in our culture. That's what happens when there's a movement. People pick it up, and carry it on. Now here's one of history's mysteries. That's not what happened when Jesus was crucified. There was nobody to pick up the principles of Jesus and carry them forward. In fact, the disciples, all 12 of them, gathered together and hid because they thought the same thing was going to happen to them. Jesus was unique. His teachings aren't really that popular. I want you to think about some of the things that Jesus taught. They're not things that are going to rally people and get them all excited. Think about them. Pray for your enemies. That don't get anybody shouting amen, does it? How about this one? Pay your taxes. How about this one? Forgive everybody who hurts you. Uh, Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Watch this one. When somebody slaps you and the cheek... Punch them in the throat. No, that's not what he said. What does he say? No, you turn the other one. If they punch you on one side, then you give them the other one. Say, here, go ahead, right here. He didn't just say, pray for your enemies. Another point, he says, I want you to bless your enemies. There's, there's no revolutionary theme going on here where it's like, then there, it wasn't that appealing. In fact... Pontius Pilate, when when they were asking, do y'all want Barabbas or do y'all want Jesus? Give us Barabbas. What do you want me to do with Jesus? Crucify Jesus. Pontius Pilate, warned by his wife. Sometimes you got to listen to your wife. No, I said, let me say it again. Sometimes, man, you need to listen to your wife. His wife, the wife says, I had a dream last night. This man is innocent. You better not. The blood is going to be on your hands, Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate would stand up before all of Jerusalem and say, I find no guilt in this man. There is nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. So well, what got Jesus into trouble? It wasn't his ideas. It wasn't his precepts that got him into trouble. What got him into trouble was who he said he or who he claimed to be is what got him in trouble. He, he, would, he would say things like this. He, he raised Je- Lazarus from the dead, and they're going, oh, Jesus, thank you. And, and Jesus would say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. The one who believes in me will live. Not my precepts, not my concepts, not my promises, but the one who believes in me. Watch this one, John 14, 9. The disciples were asking him, Jesus, what's the Father like? You said you came from the Father. What's the Father like? And Jesus, the audacity to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What is he saying? I'm an exact replication, representation of who the Father is. You know what the problem with Jesus was? He went around acting like he was God. Some of you will get that later. He was God in an earth suit to come represent, to come and pay the sin debt, to be the spotted, or to be the lamb, to take away our spots and our wrinkles. He claimed too much. So, so when the disciples watched him die, they watched the movement die too. They, they weren't. They're not gathering going, how are we going to keep the movement going? They weren't weren't going, how are we going to take his message forward? How are we going to get the movement going? Even before Jesus actually dies, the disciples are already beginning to to fracture and begin to scatter. Remember Peter? Peter said, Peter, Pastor Jacob always says, Peter is the disciple with the foot-shaped mouth. He's always putting his foot in his mouth. Peter told Jesus, said to Jesus' face, I'll go to prison for you. I'll even die for you. And Jesus would turn to Peter and say, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny me three times that you even know who I am. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all write the account of the death And burial of Jesus they all do the same account there are no heroes in the story they don't author themselves as the heroes which is a pretty good indication that probably what they said is exactly how it happened nobody stood by him no one was there at the crucifixion with him none of them they're scattered they're gone and then it gets us down to John chapter 20 Heidi referenced it this morning early On the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Everybody say it's dark. Can I say something to you? It's darker than I've ever seen it in 56 years. It's dark out. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she comes running to Simon Peter, the disciple, the one that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And look what she says and we don't know she ain't thinking resurrection she ain't going he's alive what is she thinking they stole him i mean i don't know no one assumed resurrection watch what happens in luke 24 11. but they didn't believe the woman because their words seemed to be like nonsense And then John, back to John 20. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked at the strips of linen around, but didn't go in. Simon Peter came along behind them, went straight to the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, all went inside and it says he he saw and he believed something happened something happened to cause the disciples to re-engage with this message Jesus followers didn't re-engage on the movement because of something that Jesus taught they re because of someone they saw they saw risen Jesus you ought to give God all the praise and glory for that right now Gotcha. it so so all of a sudden you go from scattered and scared and running and afraid to all of a sudden now they're in Jerusalem preaching in Acts chapter 3 let me tell you what their, their sermons were not about they didn't go out and say hey Jerusalem love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's not what they said. They didn't go out and say, hey, we should bless one another. Pray for your enemies. That wasn't their message. You know what their message was? In Acts 3.15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Let me O-town O eyes that for you. You killed him God resurrected him. We saw him. Say you're sorry. That was the message. So, what does that mean? So, because he rose from the dead, it means we could be set free from sin. We could be forgiven. It could be wiped away. We can get the doorpost, the blood of the doorpost over our life so that it could all be settled. Not because he died, but because he resurrected. Because he lived, it means everything that he said, you can take it to the bank, it's true, and it should be followed. It is, it is the beauty of what happened on that day. It's, it's not, we're not following precepts. We're following a person. We're not, we're not following, you're not following, Pastor, you. Look, I'll get you to mama's fried chicken, but I ain't getting you to heaven. There's only one that can. There's only one that's worthy. And his name is Jesus. And he's still resurrecting things even to this day. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And he shall do it. Let me give you Romans 8. And I'm going to tell you a story. Real quick. Let me give you Romans 8. Eleven, Yes, God raised Jesus to life, Paul wrote. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. That when you accept Jesus as your Lord, this Holy Spirit comes in and he starts breathing life into you. That means dead things become alive in you. Look at me right here. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead things live again. Can I tell y'all a story? I, I think it's best illustrated stories. And, and This is a true story. 99% of what I'm about to say is true. There's about 1% that's exaggerated. Uh, for effect, but I told you in advance, so it's not really a sin. Um, th- this part is true. I, when, when William was in high school, my, my son was in high school. I got a phone call one day from the dean of students from his high school, which meant he was in trouble. And he called and said, uh, "We've got a, a father here at the school that says someone from this telephone number." is sending threatening, uh, threatening texts to his son and he's pretty upset about it and we trace that phone where those texts were coming from. Uh, we got a contact in the sheriff's department who did some tracing and it comes back from a phone that's regis- registered to Heidi Reisner. So let me translate. Heidi has been sending threatening text to a high school student. <laughs> I said, well, I know who it is. And it, it's, it's not Heidi. I just want to re- everybody rest assured it was not Heidi threatening a high school student. It was my son who, who did that. And uh, he said, well, he's pretty upset. And I said, well, please, please let him know. I'll call him myself. But I, 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 William will pay the consequences uh, of that. We thought about crucifixion, but we figured Jesus was the only one who could do that. But he was going to pay dearly for that, and he did. And so I called the man, and I, I called him, and, you know, he was pretty—I I didn't know who he was. I didn't know—now I know who he is, and I'm glad we didn't meet in person. Because if it had got ugly, y'all would be eating mama's fried chicken and potato salad. <laughs> did y'all get catch me? So I called and just said, sir, I want to apologize. I'm a pastor, and this, this is not becoming, this is not how we, this is, I'm sorry. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a, a, a fight at school, and one guy's buddies and this guy's buddies, they were on different sides, and then they started yapping, and then William started sending, you know, his, his threatening text to the other side's young man that happened to be this guy's daddy. And I said, please, sir, I, I repent to you. Please forgive on behalf of my son. He will pay dearly for this. He will make it right with your son. This is all going to be. So he's like, no, that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We're good. We're good. We're straight. We're straight. Okay, I, I apologize. Boom. Well, it was probably a little while later. Uh, he came to church. And that was Awkward. I didn't know if he was coming to kill me or what. I didn't know what the deal was. Security. Um, and so we visited afterwards. and we, we, we hugged it out. You know how men do. We hugged it out. Hey, we, we good. We straight. We straight. I said, please forgive me. And we, we started building a relationship. I, I loved then his Then his wife, his wife started coming. I'd see her every once in a while. His wife would come and sit by her. And I, so I'd be a preaching because he'd sit in the same spot at the civic center, like over there. And then I'd see his, see his wife. And then, so one time I went to meet her and I said, oh, this is your wife? Yes, I want to introduce you to my wife. And his wife told me first thing out of her mouth, not, oh, nice to meet you. She says, uh, I'm just visiting. This is not my church and it will not be my church. I was born raised and will die and she mentioned a church that she was a part of and I was like well nice to meet you we're just glad you're here and so later we would talk and we'd see her every once in a while. she'd pop in pop in pop in and she'd already she, I call it double dipping she'd go to her church and then she'd come and sit with our church and so he and I would talk and I'd say man of God listen you just grow you just stand firm You just let God start doing the work in your life. If she starts seeing dead things live in you, resurrection. If she starts seeing things grow in you and she sees it, trust me, one day she's going to be sitting right beside you. Well, here it comes a little bit later. And then we have a single mama's banquet, much like we're going to do coming up. And I ask him And I said, would you and your wife like to host one of the tables? And remember, every time I saw her, every time I saw her, this is not my church. Okay. We're just glad you're here visiting. And they hosted a single mama's dinner. And, man, they they did. They did the single mom's. After church. I could hear her out in the parking lot. She's telling Heidi, I could hear her going, that's why I love my church right here. What we did tonight for these single mamas and these widows. This is why I love my church. That other church, and she goes, I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa what happened? She's like, what? I thought this wasn't your church. She goes, well, it is now. I decided. And I said, well, that means I'm your pastor. She goes, well, I ain't going that far. Okay, I may have exaggerated that just a little bit. That couple started, just jumped all in. She saw the resurrection in her husband. And then she jumps in. And then they started doing everything from small groups and leading. They had a small group one session. It was bigger than most churches. I mean, just the favor of God on their life. Just incredible. Incredible. And you watch, they went to freedom. They become freedom leaders, organized all of freedom. And then there was a dark season. Uh, she, she went through a really, really just downturn, just a depression that came over her. It was dark. I, I know Heidi encouraged her and Makisha and some, some of the other sisters here, just, just making sure, uh, just uh, Suzette Norman, just going, no girl, you, we're, we're all in this together. We're gonna make it through this. She kept. She kept coming to church. Just keep coming. Have you? I've been through a season like that, and she just kept coming. Tim would reach out. Heidi and I had gone to a ministry together to be ministered to to a counseling ministry uh, where you spend one week. It's called Restoring the Foundations, and we went to California to a couple that I just. They're heart specialists. That's what they are. Anointed by God. To help you navigate some of the deep things in your heart. Some things that you don't even know is there. The enemy is like that. He'll plant a seed, a wound in you, and he won't even, make, he won't even mess with it till the right time. And he'll pull the chain, and you feel it, and you're going, what is this? And we were just ministered to it. So I was sitting with uh, the, the husband, and, and I just said, listen, Heidi and I just got back. Y'all need to go. There, there's some things in there that God wants to, to deal with. And they went. And the Lord ministered to them. They came back. We sat, we visited about it. And and Heidi and I visited with them just go, This is y'all's calling. You had to go through this so you would have empathy for those who do go through it, so you could be touched by their infirmities, so you'll have compassion. And grace, and you'll feel their pain, walk through it so that you could do this very same thing God has created you to do this. Yeah, is yeah, it true? They've spent the last three years, for basically, three years in school getting ready. This this past month or so, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago, they graduated. And are now going to be doing the same ministry here at this house and in this community to help people navigate some of the most difficult things in their life. And so it's my privilege. I want to introduce you to them. They really need no introduction. But we're so proud of Tim and Tamika Karen. Tim and Tamika, would y'all stand right there? Come on, give it up. Let me tell you what really happened Tim Tamika saw Tim things happening in him and that's what caught, it wasn't that single mama's banquet it was that man right there letting God following Jesus standing firm and she saw that and said I want some of that Okay, I forgot to tell the earlier service this one thing I forgot this one very important thing this RTF restoring the foundations is not it's not a local ministry. It is an international ministry. That means people, like when Heidi and I went and Timothy Mika went, we didn't, we went to San Diego, California to be ministered to. From Louisiana to San Diego. It's been a week. They're about, they're very close to getting that certification or certification. That they're about to go and be on the website, right? So that people from all over the world can say, We wanna come and we wanna to come to Opalousis to be ministered to and set free by Tim and Tamika Kara. Wait, 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 don't don't clap it. Don't clap. I'm gonna give you a second. They are the first African-American couple in the history of RTF, will be the only African-American couple, and RTF is saying. We're so excited because people call us all the time looking for a black couple to take us through this, and we can't believe it. I am so proud of them. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Tib, like, you know, black people could be coming here from all over the world. (laughs) I said, bring them on. The story would be great. What, what's the point? Jesus makes dead things live. You see this, Tamika? Here's what you don't know about her. She's had one desire all her life. She wanted a baby. They adopted Tyler You know the son my son threatened? (laughs) I said, Good thing Tyler didn't find out it was William because Tyler would have killed William. She always wanted a baby. And I just, Heidi and I just said it to her several times You are a mama. You don't need no baby because God's going to give you more spiritual sons and daughters, and you're going to know what to do with. You and Tim are a father in this house and a mother in this house. You're a father to this community, and you're a mother to the community. You are not a barren woman. You are a fruitful woman. You have multiplied over and over and over and over and over again in Jesus' name. There are going to be many who sit at your feet and call you mother. There will be grandchildren that will sit at your feet and call you blessed, saying that you are my grandmother. I promise you. Oh, there's one more part of the story I forgot to tell you. Just recently, there was a lady in our Next Steps class that's just recently started coming, an older lady, a seasoned veteran. And she said, they go, oh, well, how did you get to the church? And uh, she said, Oh, well, to be honest, I've been watching my daughter in law. It's Tim's mama. Tim's mama started coming to this church because she's been watching her daughter in law. And she said, I figure if God could do all that in my daughter in law, I got to come to that church. (laughs) It's true. I exaggerated it a little bit, but it's true. We're so proud of Tim and Tamika. One more time, give it up. Why am I, tell- I could tell you uh, 10 more stories like that back to 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 back. Had a woman last night grabbed me and goes, Why didn't you tell me? And I went, What? This couple we've been encouraging for 10 years. She goes, you know, my husband had an affair on me years ago, and and I thought it was him. It's me. And I said, girl, I've been trying to tell you that for 10 years. And she goes, I know, but God finally just did it. It's amazing. (sighs) The breath of God, the resurrection power. God still is alive. Jesus is alive, still touching people's lives, healing lives and marriages and relationships and take from Tamika, this is my church. Now she's like, where they at? Kill my purse. (laughs) A mama and a daddy in the house, raising up sons and daughters in the Lord. Only a resurrected Jesus could do it. And he deserves our praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord give me three minutes right now every head bowed and every eye closed because maybe you're here today heidi was right there's those who are here because you're here for ceremony you might be here just because someone invited you to come and i hope you get to meet the risen savior he is here today there was a man named nicodemus who came to jesus and said how do i get eternal life And Jesus said, a man must be born again. You can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. Moses was putting blood on doorposts from a lamb to show us one day when the real lamb showed up. John declared it, and Jesus did it, and then God raised him up so that we didn't have to die. Our last breath on earth could be our first breath in heaven. He's here to forgive you of all your sins. He came to pay for our sin debt, a debt we couldn't pay for ourselves. You can't be good enough. Good enough don't get you in. Only perfection does. He lived a sinless life, but yet died guilty of all of our sins on a cross. All you gotta do is accept it, receive it. Do I have to earn it? No. Do you have to do something for it? No. You just got to believe. It's not the precepts that we're following. It's a man. His name is Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're ready to surrender your life to follow Jesus. I want to pray for you. He'll forgive you of everything you've done. All you have to do is admit you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus did come to pay for your sin. And then confess him. Make him Lord of your life. He's the boss, and follow him. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. I simply ask you, Pastor, you all want to be born again today. Would you slip your hand up high right now? Don't be ashamed. Hold up high right now. Just go, I'm ready. I'm ready to be born again. Pray for me. Hold it up high. Hold up high all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Congregation, can we just add our voice to theirs? I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. This prayer doesn't save you. Your heart saves. Your heart's cry. I'm just going to lead you. Would you say this with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my guilt, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And the Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God all the praise.